Hell yeah, grip it and rip it. Yeah, just crack open a cold one. Right, right. <laughs> on, like, hell yeah. That's incredible. That's, yeah, hell yeah, Mir. Yeah, get, a, get another one. I tried one. to do that away from the microphone. Load another oh, one in the chamber. Work. Cock it back. We're all here <laughs> for it. Yeah. I have no idea where I'm going to go now. I feel like the sound of a can opening just like shattered <laughs> every time. Just fucking start. Hi everyone, I'm Kitsune. And I'm V. And this week, our conversation with the internet's favorite cat girl, Miyuki. We touch on a lot of interesting topics. From Miyuki's taste in charcuterie, cheese, and gin. To whether they'll actually have that date with Indigo. As always, if you enjoy the show, please consider liking, subscribing, leaving us a review. And give us a rating on any app that you listen to, Apple Podcasts or whatever other app you listen to. Whatever homebrew, crypto-native podcast solution that you end up liking. And as always, our plug here, if you have a story that you want to share, or if you feel like getting into the spotlight like you did today, please reach out to us. We're always looking for new and interesting guests, and we want to help you share your story with the larger community. And everyone has a story to tell. And now, without any further ado, here's Miu. You know, how did you get here? Like, how did this, like, how did you come to this space, or where did you start, or, you know, like, how, how did you become who you are and who you are now in crypto Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a good question. Um, I, I was always, I kind of come from a, a gambling background. So I was into sports betting, um, and like lots of NBA and, and baseball and creating models and things. And then I was toying with the idea of, of going into financial markets. Um, and then when, when COVID happened, in March, 2020 sport just ended. Um, there was just no sport. So it kind of forced my hand a little bit. Um, so I started looking into financial markets and found crypto. Um, I think it was in like the middle of 2020, uh, and just bought a little bit and started, started researching it and was very much into like Bitcoin maxi type circles, you know, um, a lot of the philosophical stuff around hard money, etc., which I found really, really interesting. Um, and then I kind of wanted to become a better trader 
and it seemed like Twitter was was the place to kind of meet people and learn and find some friends. Um, so in March 2021, I, I basically left my old career and just um, started up an, a Twitter, a new Twitter profile that wasn't connected to my real name, and uh, just I, I really wanted to to make some friends and and learn about trading. Um, that I've since learned that I'm not a very good trader, <laughs> and my efforts are probably else <laughs> spent better um, somewhere else. So I'm kind of now focusing more on on the building side, which aligns more with my my previous experience. I think. I, you know, I guess it's you know an interesting path to come to, but I'm sure also not like a terribly uncommon one, right? Like people starting in the space from kind of a you know a, a quote unquote, like gambling background or like a, you know, a, mm -hmm. a speculative background specifically though, like sports betting seems unique or at least not one that I've heard before, right? Like the idea of going from, from running, you know, stats or odds on, on real world teams to like, you know, the, the virtual space dealing with like digital currency feels like kind of a leap, you know? Yeah. There's, there's definite um, differences, that's for sure. Um, but there's there's a lot of similarities, I think, and I, I definitely learned a lot um, from gambling, um, just in the way markets work and things like that, uh, liquidity, uh, etc. Um, I know a, a few of the, like I think Sam um, Tabasco comes from a sports betting background as well, so not entirely unique, but. I think it's a good, a good introduction to markets, honestly. Well, you know, that explains why he's such a shark, you know, and, and playing on, <laughs> playing on PVP so much of the time. Like, yeah, he's like a bookie. He, he's graduated from like being, you know, the gambler placing bets to now like the guy running the table in like the back of the, the restaurant somewhere in Chinatown, like taking people's <laughs> money on, on yeah. bad odds. It seems well, like you yeah. have that with the types of speculative markets drawing a common crowd of people and then eventually people kind of filter out into like as you say you're like moving more into a, a building state uh I, I think a lot of people have entered the space kind of with that mentality like i'll just trade these assets and then it didn't work out as well as maybe, maybe we should start building things instead <laughs> i mean that pivot i feel like is so i mean that was like my pivot for sure um but i guess like you know me in your case like was that transition you know acknowledging hey maybe i'm not the best trader like was that transition kind of like a relief did you find like it is actually much you know, more personally fulfilling for you to build or or you know like did you did you end up finding like oh i want to move in this more constructive let's say direction was that like did that feel very natural of a move for you yeah yeah it did i i come from like a um a quite technical background um and I quite uh, lots of design, I guess, in in my background. So, I think coding and building things and designing things feels really natural to me. So, um, I think making that transition was was ultimately like really great for me. Um, and just recognizing that uh, if I I don't really I don't really have what it takes. I don't think to be a trader. So, recognizing that early and then leaning into my previous experience a bit, I think has been really, really helpful for me. Yeah, I, you know, it makes me wonder about like, there's almost something not that it, you know, is a perfect correlate, but like understanding our 
you know, maybe our, for me, it was definitely like understanding our limitations. Like I definitely was like, I am going to trade like a motherfucker and I'm going to be so good at it. And I, and then the minute I, you know, I got into crypto Twitter and you would see people whose strategies and, and thought processes like vastly dwarfed mm -hmm. mine, you know, I, I felt like this kind of like, I, it is liberating to be able to kind of abandon this notion and, and move in a direction that feels like more suited to like myself. I think that's kind of the beauty of this space is I think a lot of people do come in it from a, a trading point of view, but um, there's, there's so many avenues that you can go and they can be technical or non-technical. Um, and, and there's, there's room for everyone, I think, and every style. Um, you don't, I don't think, I don't think everyone has to be a trader and I don't think everyone has to be a builder either. I think there's, there's so many different roles out there that you can do. And I think that's one of the, the great things about this space. So to kind of, I mean, it kind of comes off as one, but do you think you could like pivot or like if you were to give advice uh, a bit like advice to someone trying to enter the space perhaps thinking they have to be a trader or something else how, like like are there things you would encourage folks to do or um I, I think just getting involved um i think it's easy to feel like you don't you don't know enough or that your experience isn't um suitable or or something like that but i feel like you can sort of draw on all the previous things you've learned and, and bring them to the space and, and add to whether it's a project or, you know, a team or a fund or something. Um, and even just, you know, being a part of the wider CT community. Um, so I think maybe don't be scared to be yourself and um, don't try and fit into some box because we haven't really defined all the boxes yet. <laughs> True enough, very true. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I, I mean, I think that also raises like an interesting question. Like, you know, V and I tend to talk a lot about um, like identity and, and I tend to ask people a lot about like the formation of, of an identity or, or even like a personal brand. Um, and, you know, like to whatever extent you want to go into it, like was there like a lot of kind of, you know, thought or, or planning of like aesthetics or like, you know, in the way that you present this kind of like figure that you are on crypto Twitter, because you have kind of evolved into like this very, like, I mean, you get honoraries all the time. Like people seem very drawn to your like imagery and, and very drawn to you as a person. Like how much of that, I guess, like is, is you, how much of that is like Miyuki, this, this avatar, like what, you know, how much, how much of that was like developed? I, I think it was, I think it was very organic from my side. Um, I kind of used Miyuki as an outlet to to be myself without without attaching it to my real identity. I think that afforded me a lot of liberties to just kind of say what I want and, and be whoever I want. So in in essence I think Miyuki is kind of more like the real me than than the, the side I show in real life. Um I I think there's a lot of luck in in what I've built with Miyuki, I think. Um, in the in the identity, I think I lucked out with you know the aesthetic and the name, and I don't know. I, I feel very lucky, and I feel like a lot of it is sort of un undeserved, to be honest. But I'll I'll take it. I mean, undeserved or not, you know. But I I mean, I th I think it is deserved, you know, in the sense that like this space tends to reward people who participate, you know, more genuinely, and and people that like seem to present 
an image of, of themselves that seems like unfettered and, and real. Um, and I think you do that. I, I think, you know, there is a bigger point there about like the liberating aspects of being, you know, anonymous or having an alternative identity, uh, which is like really compelling to me. I, I think probably compelling to you as well, V. Anonymous, but authentic because right. I mean, we talked about this before the fear from consequences. I was just going to touch back on, I was thinking about it, having people, having it, having people enter the, the space and thinking perhaps they're not qualified or they're not capable. And, and Mia, you said we're building a lot of these boxes. It's interesting too, just the perspective of how much can cross over between various industries. Cause like we saw with the recent, um, the Coinbase backpedaling of, uh, of hires, you know, they were going on a hiring spree and then backpedaled and you saw a bunch of these posts pop up of, hey, Web3 people, you have skills you can bring to Web2, come work for Amazon, stuff like that. You know, j just in the sense of people perhaps think they need unique skills to make it in this space and they really don't. They can utilize the knowledge much like you have, in a sense, your technical background and experience with design and such to form your own in, in the crypto environment yeah i definitely think like there's a lot more roles out there than than it appears um and it and it's easy to think uh when you when you're scrolling through ct um that that everyone knows everything and, and there's no space for you you know but that's not that's not really the case i think there's there's definite room for different viewpoints and opinions and i think you can you can rely on what you do know a lot a lot more than than you think you know and I, I think that probably speaks to like the grander aspirations of of the space which is like wide broad ranged inclusivity right like the idea that everybody is welcome as long as they want to be a participant and want to engage genuinely and 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 want to like actually make something um you know but definitely there is like that element i'm sure that everyone has experienced at some time of like what is my actual place here you know why why do i belong or why am i getting the you know the attention or or, or whatever that i am um and it is kind of a, i imagine a humbling experience particularly you know the larger and larger more recognizable you get do you feel like kind of as that awareness of you and like that reach has grown do you feel kind of like a higher level of of scrutiny or, or pressure or is it actually even like more affirming than that uh I, I, there definitely was a point um i don't remember exactly when when sort of the gravity that you know thousands of people would would read what i said it kind of hit me one day and it, it put a little bit of trepidation in how i approach things but i think that was fairly short-lived um and i think that's a byproduct of just being genuine I've, I've tried this entire time to just be a genuine person and if you're not trying to act a certain way or you know fulfill some role or something specific then you can just be yourself and not have to worry about that i think yeah i mean the the fundamental desire just to like connect with a person i think is such a driving force in crypto twitter as i'm sure it is in in many spaces but like you know the you know, like not to self-plug but like I made a meme about you a while ago that was like, you know, depressed. And then when I see one of your tweets, I get very happy. I think there is something to be said for like people genuinely feeling like pleased and, and connected and, and wanting to have this like relationship with a person. 
um, and like how effectively you capitalize on that, I think is really tied directly to your success. I, yeah, I think like for, for me, the main reason I, I joined this space was, was to find friends. So it's, it's really nice, um, you know, to, to read those sort of things and, um, and that, that me just being genuine and, and being nice to people is, has a positive effect on people, um, which is, is really heartwarming and it, it really just affirms, you know, my thoughts around that I did the right thing in joining this space and, and finding friends. And it's, it's really nice. It almost seems like, uh, it almost seems like, you know, you talked about the realization of thousands of people following and, and reading what you say. I, I would think there's a point where you almost feel a sense of responsibility. It's like, oh, wow. You know, I like being, being in a position of, you know, it, it's, it's thousands of followers on Twitter. You know, is it, is it like, anything super drastic no but that that position of power you know perhaps perhaps feeling a sense of responsibility to tread yeah. lightly with what you say in a sense i i feel I like try, I'm i try not to <laughs> um i try not to you know talk about specific projects or things like that i, I definitely don't want to call people out and um you know stuff like that so i guess there is some sense of responsibility in that um and i don't want to spread misinformation or stuff like that which you know can can be common so i guess there is some level of responsibility um but also i don't i don't know what i'm doing you know i don't know who does but <laughs> a, a lot of a lot of my my posts is just me being naive and dumb i think um I mean, I think like certainly in, in the like aftermath of everything that happened with, with Luna and, and UST, I think we saw a lot of backlash against these very large influencer and, and guru accounts that really called that idea of responsibility into question, right? Like you are, you are not just abstractly yelling into the void, like those people that brand themselves as experts or somehow like having a, a defined edge, like you end up directly impacting you know, people's lives and people's livelihoods and their financial well-being. And, and I think, you know, there are a lot of people that maybe do not want that level or, or are not cognizant of that level of responsibility and, and don't practice good stewardship in the space. And, and then of course, by contrast, there are people who do like, you know, uh, many people have like mixed opinions or, or whatever impressions of like Gainsy, but Gainsy is very clear. Like, I am not a role model. I'm not telling you what to do. Like I, you know, and then by contrast, you see a lot of influencers who are like you, who are clearly using their followers as like exit liquidity or clearly using their followers to pump. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I think that idea of responsibility is key and also like letting people know what they're getting into, right? Like, I think you're very clear. I think even your your pinned post right now is like about shit posting. So it's like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you should know what you're getting into, right? Yeah, I think people maybe, I think it's just human nature to kind of latch on to people and opinions and, um, and the way that they shape your own opinions. And it's honestly a bit unfair to people. Um, most people in the space don't, asked to become a figure you know yeah it's, it's not just, something you choose yeah it's just a byproduct and, and the bigger you get the more inherent responsibility you have but i don't think that's a fair way to approach it and you know there's no getting around that um but i think i think it's important to recognize that 
most people really don't know what they're doing. And if you're going to read opinions from someone, like take them with a grain of salt and pass them. Yeah, I mean, what is the saying? Like, if you can't tell what the product is, you are the product, right? Like, Trust they, me, verify even. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like, if, if somebody is putting something out, to, like, consider their motivation is so key. Um, and, you know, even, like, you know, I think a lot of people can have dissenting opinions or can have out there or outlandish opinions, right? Like, I was talking to Mono about, like, seed oils poisoning people, which is, a, like, out there. But at the same time, you know, there's no sense of like, oh, this person is trying to deliberately mislead me for any, you know, self gain. And, and I think that when that happens, it's so naked in the space. It's so evident, but maybe that is coming from like a position of privilege of being like, oh, we're involved in, in the space. We can kind of send this out. And meanwhile, like thousands of retail followers are just marching to death buying, you know, whatever a wolf of all streets bag or or you know whatever the show of the week is yeah some of which could be from experience and some of which could be from uh, lessons learned like oh i've been in that position before i don't want to you know i, I don't want to let other people i'm wiser now i don't want to let other people down that road that's um, actually a great point v not to interrupt but that actually is like leads to an interesting question like me if you talk about you know this transition from trader did you have like I don't know, one burn too many, like one, you know, liquidation candle that broke the camel's back. <laughs> was there like some catastrophe that made you go, you know what, actually on second thought, fuck this. Uh, no, not, not actually. I think, um, coming from my gambling background and creating models, it's, it's always about expected value, um, and, and edge and knowing your edge, defining your edge, you know, quantitatively, um, so when I realized that I didn't have an edge, I think that was the key. Um, so I didn't actually lose. I didn't, I didn't get liquidated or, you know, lose a bunch of money or, you know, rage quit. It was just a realization that I don't have an edge and on the, over the long term, I, I will lose money. So thinking I, ahead, yeah, in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I, Risk management is, is a large thing in gambling, um, because it's, you know, binary outcomes typically. So managing your risk is really important. So defining your edge comes into that very heavily. So when I kind of realized that in this extremely discretionary trading style that I was trying to do, I, I didn't have an edge. That was kind of the signal for me to, to move on to something else that is more plus EV. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to cycle back because we talked about briefly um, people achieving like a, a popular status that perhaps either unwanted or undeserving through luck and, and you know, then you become this like mystical figure in the space. Um, I wanted to look at it from a positive spin though, in the sense of you have people who are following you who are reading your opinions, you know, perhaps you're being more scrutinized, perhaps you're being more careful with what you say, but given where you are and i'm sure I'm, I'm sure there are various folks who try and picture you know come up with a picture of what they what they want to be remembered for is there anything given the impact that you have had and probably will have going forward is there anything is there any sort of like significant impact you want to have like on the space or on people in you know in, in a perhaps beneficial way or, or do you want to be remembered for anything you've done in the space or 
Um, that's a difficult question. I think I think one of the like benchmarks of my entire CT presence has just been being genuine and wholesome, and um, I guess that would kind of be the thing I would want to be remembered for. Um, which I don't know, maybe that's lame, but I f I feel like that's a good thing to strive for. Just being being a genuine person and being um, nice to people. Um, you know, I, I like to support people and, and make friends. And I think, I think that's probably if, if I, if I would want people to think something of me, that, that would be it is that, is that I'm genuine. I think questions of like legacy are always complicated, particularly in, in the context of, you know, anonymity, but I mean, you know, if, you know, community friendship, comfy vibes, I think are always right. Plus EV. Right, is, is why so many of us transitioned into that space. But you know, I think for probably a large amount of, of let's say, non-niche crypto Twitter, the, the question is so much more about uh, like adoption or, or what people are gonna do. And, and I guess that mm -hmm. leads into like, where do you think we're headed? Like, do you think that, that retail will just, you know, like gravitate towards consistently like the next thousand X or, you know, will people actually find meaning, you know, on a, on a normie level on, on the blockchain? Like, will there be, you know, you know, will, will one day everybody be gambling on, on Ponzi's side by side with us or <laughs> will like retail actually like derive value and utility? I, I think it's both, to be honest. I think, I, I don't think you can really have one without the other. Um, speculation is, speculation is just fun to be honest. Um, <laughs> maybe that's my gambling background talking, but I think, I think on, over the longer horizon, there will definitely be, you know, this core fundamental, you know, the facets of crypto that, that kind of Bitcoin started with, of, you know, immutable truth and, um, you know, being available to everyone and that stuff. And I think on the long term that that will continue. Um, but at the same time, the, the casino will also continue, I think. Maybe not in the short term, the macro outlook, but in the long term, definitely. I guess just building off of that then, like if you had to take a stab in the dark and guess like one dark horse from behind application that will come from blockchain technology that will impact our lives, what would it be? Like you always hear people talking about, oh, we can apply this to logistics or this can be used for, you know, healthcare or record keeping. But like, is there something that maybe you think comes out of this that is not like something widely discussed or like one of those like very, you know, bandied about ideas of like, oh, blockchain solves this. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit of a tough one. I feel like everything maybe has already been touched on to some extent, you know, it's like, oh, it's, we can fix the supply chain or, um, you know, music or stuff, stuff like that. So I feel like everything I haven't got anything off the wall that I could suggest. I think the most exciting stuff for me is from the creator point of view. Um, I think direct, directly supporting and communicating with creators is, is really great. And it's something I've been trying to do my whole life in, in web two terms is, you know, using things like Bandcamp to pay for music so that the artist, you know, directly gets gets the money and stuff like that. So I feel like leveraging crypto for that is is really exciting, um, even if no one's figured it out yet. I mean, that is like one of the only things maybe that we've seen as some type of like demonstrable success is watching like 
visual artists be able to monetize their work directly through NFTs um, and be able to like, you know, get some type of residual income from it and be able to charge uh, a direct price without having to have like some type of agent or gallerist or, you know, what have you. Mm -hmm. But it feels like in those situations, like their own fan base's public sentiment turns on them like so quickly. Like I feel, you know, you see an artist shift to NFTs and half the comments are like, Un I'm unfollowing. How can you personally be burning down the rainforest by using <laughs> NFTs? Which I think is really unfair, right? Like that's a double standard. Mm -hmm. Like if you love this artist and you want them to succeed, you know, why are you, you know, why are you hating when they finally get the check? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's, it's really sad to be honest. Um, and, you know, as people, as enveloped in the space as we are, I feel like we understand that most of that is just based on misinformation and, you know, a lack of knowledge on the technical side. But I think it's just really unfair from a, you know, philosophical and even emotional side to to deny these artists, you know, that that freedom, I guess. I mean, I have to wonder too how much of it might be coming from a jealousy envious which almost to tie into misinformation, you know, perhaps, mm -hmm. oh, these artists these artists have come up with NFTs. They they they're clearly like smart programmers. Like not just misinformation from like the negatives of crypto, but thinking possibly like misinformation of what it takes to actually create an NFT, that type of thing, because some people might think you have to be extremely technically adept to oh, they're they're making an artwork, but they're also writing the code for the contract and publishing it and all that stuff when really it's the tools we have today are vastly simpler, so I can't help but think there's some level of envy or jealousy based in misinformation involved as well. Yeah, maybe some sort of tall poppy syndrome or, or something. I think it's a, a knee-jerk reaction for people to um, lash out against success, which is which is quite sad. Um, but I'm hoping that will change uh, as we move forward. Yeah, I think you know that that knee-jerk thing is is kind of no different. You know, the envy of, of Having like this seemingly simple path to success is no different than people who go to museums and go, well, my kid could have painted that, right? <laughs> like, you know, it's it, yeah. it very much is, you know, the, the counterpoint being like, if it is that easy, then why don't you go ahead and make an NFT and sell it for two ETH if, it, if, if you are so willing to castigate someone for like getting, getting rich quick or, or getting lucky in that regard. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, people unfairly lumped together like these you know 10k scam nft projects and like one of one artists you know and everything in between um it's a, it's a huge array of different approaches and styles and some of them are scams but a lot of them are genuine artists and people um trying trying to do their thing so i feel like people confuse that a lot do you and that's the Oops, sorry go ahead oh, i was gonna say go ahead <laughs> Um, I was just going to say, like, on a kind of a personal level, do you like interact with NFTs, like to a great extent, do you feel like you are a believer in, in a genuine form of, you know, of, of like the digital art movement? Like, you know, like we kind of touched on earlier, I've certainly seen people who are very happy to make like honorers of you, but like you on a personal level, would you describe yourself as like an NFT believer or like a collector? I, I definitely like collecting, uh, like one of ones, I think. It's definitely my style. I feel like there's some good projects out there, but I feel like it's hard for these larger scale projects to, 
to maintain that personal connection. Um, and I, and a lot of people find that personal connection in the group. Um, but that's not something that I've, that I've found personally. I, the way that I like to interact with NFTs, I guess, is through commissions. Um, and that's something I want to do more of moving forward, but, you know, have, have built up some, some artist friends, uh, built up these relationship with artists over time and being able to directly support them and to receive like great genuine work um is that's what's really exciting for me i was talking with a uh uh an acquaintance a couple weeks back who was like you know what we should do we should bring back like the days of like artists as pets in the sense of like here are these like wealthy you know wealthy millionaires billionaires in this in our case crypto patrons that just like hi i will provide you an artist with a living for years and years and years and just make me art that like that's <laughs> yeah we should be patronage back we you should just it should be fashionable <laughs> to just have like some weirdo that lives in your estate with an easel that you just keep fed like a lot yeah, of them and just... <laughs> wine and food and they just are producing like works for you to show off at your parties yes I, I would honestly love nothing more than that. Um, I, I wish I had more means at the current time to, to do that, but that's definitely something that I want. I, there's, there's definitely artists out there that, um, I would love to support like on a ongoing basis and, you know, not just from like some sort of charity sense, but as like, I really appreciate your work and I want more of it, like from a selfish point of view, even, um, Maybe that's my slight narcissism coming, but I just love seeing different renditions of uh, me, you know. Mm. Um, and then As just a very different person, I completely understand that. I would love more <laughs> of my beautiful fox boy as much as possible. I just, I yeah. I mean, well, I, part of that question, I guess, then goes to like, what is the longevity here? Like, as nice as it is to imagine that we all finally make it to the point where we just have a bunch of a stable of weird artists. Like, you know, certainly not to the extent that like, I don't know, brain dead media outlets always say like the, the NFT market is dead and it's is over. Like, you know, you see a Kotaku article about it every every other week like is there you know maybe sustainability there because at what point you know do we separate from like oh i'm buying for speculative purposes i'm a jpeg flipper versus people who are like oh i'm i'm buying and collecting you know like from a from a perspective of like actual longevity is that even possible i feel like you, you're never really going to separate those um like i'm sure even in the traditional art world a lot of it is speculation you know um and there's, you know, numerous reasons why the traditional art world is is just as scammy or untoward as as the NFT one. So I think it's just inherent with human nature. There's always going to be speculators and there's always going to be art appreciators and everything in between, I think. And you already see that in like, you know, you talk about like the 10K scammy projects, you know, you, you go mm -hmm. into a lot of the discords and they, they're just full of speculators, traders, they're only talking about the floor. I mean, yeah. how can you gauge someone who truly appreciates like the art or the team and that type of thing? But it makes it even harder then to find a community because most of them are going to attract the speculators. And if that's mm -hmm. all that the quote unquote community talks about, then that's that's the environment, that's the vibe that's going to be fostered there. So it's 
I, I I agree in the sense of you're always you're definitely always going to have that type of you're always going to have that type of speculation no matter where you go. Uh, but yeah, a lot of it probably is also just luck hitting the right market, the right vibes, the right people at the right time. Yeah, definitely. Um, I I think you said you sort of see the same thing in any creative industry. You know, even in music, you have these popular artists and you have these bandwagoner fans that are just just fans because that's the popular thing at the moment um and that's not to diminish their their appreciation of the music at the time but i think it's just human nature it does make it difficult if you're actually looking to form a community with your project or join a community um i i think like for me personally any nft i buy i just mark it straight to zero um that's i, I found the, the healthiest way to deal with it um but it it's inherently a speculative speculative asset, so I think that I think you can't really be upset at people treating it that way. For sure, um, especially I mean, it is an interesting perspective looking or, or treating it monetarily that way. There's a difference between, as you say, like buying an NFT immediately you mark that as zero, but you know there's a difference between like this is money I've burned or lost or I'm never going to get back versus this is money I'm genuinely paying to support someone and their work. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's just a, an altered framing of money. And I think that's probably a vibe that, or, or people are trying to identify with that type of vibe too. You know, how are we treating these digital financial wonky instruments that are, are being developed and created for us <laughs> in a sense? It's, it's definitely an interesting an interesting time, I think, in this this early stages of the NFT meta forming. I wanted to touch on something that you said a minute ago, specifically about NFTs, but that I think applies much more broadly. It's just like the idea of building community, right? And and I think community is wielded as an implement in so many of these things, right? Like it, it is used to kind of make the mob mentality. Like so many of these. You know, I'm sure everybody gets randomly tagged and like somebody being, you know, trying to get them on some new NFT. And you see these people that buy these iterative, generative 10,000 profile pick, you know, whatever clear rugs or people similarly, people who buy like whatever, you know, shitcoin um, and like attached community, quote unquote, community to it. Like, you know, if community is ultimately like plus EV, you know, how do we, how do we build like a genuine and authentic community? Because I feel like so far, a lot of people just will fall for, oh, this looks like a community because people are posting constantly and there's a discord. And I'm sure yeah. that stoned mutant fuck bears are going to make me rich. <laughs> yeah. I think honestly, I think it's, I think it's a random walk. I think if you're trying to, if you were to, you know, try and predict which projects are going to have a good community, I think it's essentially random, um, which obviously makes it difficult. Um, but I think that just harks back to being genuine. Um, and it's it's difficult from the outside to, to filter that information and make a judgment call on the, the quote unquote quality of the community. But I think if you're genuinely a part of it, then it doesn't really matter in a sense. Yeah, I don't know how you would go about building. Yeah. A I mean, it's an interesting specifically, thing, right? like, yeah, yeah. How do I mean the idea of like how do you make something that is genuinely 
with people's best interests, right? And and part of that goes along with the idea of responsibility. Like if you build a community and then you abandon it and take your three point four million dollars and go, you know, buy your、mm-hmm. condo in Miami and vanish. I mean that you know. The, you know that is kind of comes down to this idea of of trust or this idea of like belief that I think is hard to quantify and I, I think it's hard to capture. And I, I also think like if there was an easy answer there or like a clear answer, then things would be so much different and we wouldn't see people getting rugged on a regular basis. But like I, I mean, I guess to take that further is that like one of our like roadblocks towards getting more people involved. I mean, you got to imagine if you're like some rando. You know, fucking normie, and you see one of the first things you see is like an NFT scam on the news, or like you finally get on crypto Twitter, and Zach is like, you know, nuking some、mm-hmm. shill project from orbit. You're like, well, wait, is it? Is it, am I like actually in full dark forest mode? Yeah, I think it's I think it's difficult、um, because the the not the quantity of bad things outweighs the good, and probably also the gravity of it. Um, you know, look at something like Luna,、um, which you know destroyed a lot of people's lives. So, I think it's it's very easy to have that opinion without being involved and kind of intimately part of the community. So, I I definitely don't you know blame anyone for thinking that or or anything like that. And it's definitely like a huge issue for us to overcome. But it's it's really just the same in in any industry. I think. It's just that ours is maybe more public, or、um, you know, some of the figures are, are quite outrageous to to people who aren't in the space. So I I definitely understand that people are wary, and、um, you know, it's it's not something that you want to treat lightly because you can get scammed or you can get you know fished and have your board ape stolen or something. Oh,、well, you deserve it for holding a board ape. I mean, that just goes with the channel. <laughs> that goes. With, there's also something very funny about. Saying there are ridiculous characters here when it's a、uh, three VR、uh, anime people talking to each other, like you know, I guess maybe you know, self seriousness aside, like, and not asking in any way to make a prediction, but like, you know, do you think that the next you know X amount of time of of well, or after the fallout of Luna and after the the fallout maybe of, of NFT rugs getting more popular, and et cetera, et cetera. Do you think like we are set back ways from more participants joining the ecosystem? Do you think we're going to see a period maybe where the eye of the world turns away from us in in terms of people being like,、oh, I should jump into crypto now, even though arguably it could be the best time. Um, I think I think that's sort of just human nature in a sense. Um, I think yeah, I think it's kind of unavoidable. I think people, I'm not sure how to say this, but I think it's definitely unavoidable. Unavoidable, unfortunately. You know, things go in go in cycles, and、um, most people don't enter at the right time because that's the most unattractive time to enter. Yeah, I mean, as someone who bought the top many times or like would re-enter things at the top, I completely understand that. And and you know, it, it goes to that meme of you know people being like, "Oh, I'm a buyer of Bitcoin at." At 28, and then 28 comes around, and people are like, "I'm not buying here. This looks like shit." And it's like, "Well, you know, when is your your entry point?" I, you know, I just more like imagine that for like a very un, let's say uncultured,、um, in the sense of like the way CT uses cultured, like people would would look at everything that's happened over the last you know few months and be like. Um, I'm actually not going to join this, and, and they're put off for another year, two years, three years, four years. 
Um, and that is like a real, like that's a real bummer to me because now seems like the time where we could use as many new fresh sets of eyes and ideas as possible. But it, it's really a struggle, I think, because you, you know, from, from, from matching that perspective would be the sense of you have someone on the outside looking in and being like, oh my God, this place is rampant with awful, you know, scams and the tech is to some, you know, to some extent environmentally destructive and stuff. And the optimistic approach that it seems like you've outlined, Kitsune, is, you know, I want to join and fix this space and I want to improve this space and I think there's good stuff here and I want to make it better. As opposed to the negative reaction we're increasingly seeing, I think, which is either this, it's everything's a scam or it all needs to be completely banned outright or we need to regulate the shit out of it in terms of just mm -hmm. lock and key everything down and, and put a stranglehold on everything and you know, make sure we're developing it, quote unquote, the right way. Uh, it's it's just bizarre to see all the different reactionary takes to everything that's happening. I think I think it's completely natural. I think um, it it's it is scary, um, especially you know the less you know, the scarier it is. Um, and you know, from like a protection regulatory point of view, most people haven't had issues with. Um, you know, the government or banks or, you know, any of these gatekeepers. Um, so their natural instinct is to allow them, in, quote unquote, to protect people. But um, I think it's it's just the nature of a permissionless environment. You're, you're going to have the bad and you're going to have the good. It's I don't think there's any avoiding that, but to discount the good because of the bad is quite naive and, and dumb. And I think... You know, just going back to one of the previous questions, I think moving forward, a lot more people will have issues with the government and will have issues with banks specifically, um, which will probably change their tune a little bit about the benefits of this permissionless world that we're creating. Do you think that that drives more people to ground, like in the sense of like, you know, as as regulation increases more and more like you know probably traditional companies vcs traditional asset managers traditional participants in a financial system will come in and probably you know the rest of us who either want decentralization or or felt excluded from the system will will probably just you know either go deeper underground or, or fight it you know maybe a pyrrhic battle that they win or don't win like you know what what is you know the long-term fear there i guess is it it like you know oh if the government comes to town do we just keep making more and more layers and abstract things further and further and further away and try and keep you know along the razor's edge of their understanding or you know at a certain point do we just like capitulate entirely and just be like well the u.s government's here and we're fucked so that's it i guess we're just playing this game now I don't think people will capitulate entirely. I think, you know, there will always be these, you know, cypherpunk types that will be constantly pushing the envelope and on the bleeding edge of technology. And there's no way that regulations can keep up with that in, in any sense. Um, but I also think there will definitely be more regulations coming. Um, but I think there's a huge spectrum in between those two poles, which... It's going to be really interesting, I think, um, especially as more and more people come become dissatisfied with with these gatekeepers. Um, uh, I don't really, I don't really know how things are going to play out, but it's going to be interesting. That's that's how much I know. 
do you have a, uh, I'm curious, and Kitsune and I would be seeing this from an American perspective. So what we're seeing here is, you know, we had this big open published letter of uh, 26 technology you know, figures. technologists. Yeah, in technologists, um, you know, pro self-proclaimed perhaps prominent figures. I haven't looked in the validity, but they're like, uh, you know, here's why you need to be super written to our, our legislators here in the States of here's why you need to be super critical of the Web3, you know, the industries coming in and trying to influence legislation through things like re potential methods like regulatory capture. Um, I guess I'm kind of curious, like your perspective on that as a concept in the sense of it, it, is it is it, poten it is it potentially more of a good or bad thing that larger players in the space are trying to have a say in shaping how governments legislate or, or you know, because I can see both ways from the sense of our legislators, at least stateside, in my experience, listening to hearings and, and things like a lot of them do not understand the technology or, or what's at stake and, and everything that's involved. But I can also see a common a common opposition theme I have is, you know, you're going to have large companies who are only acting in their best interest. They're going to do regulatory capture and, and create things that favor them and crush competition. Like, I'm just curious what your perspective is on on that. And, and I guess I don't know if that's happening in your country either. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I can't really speak to the, the local specifics. I try to avoid any sort of news at all to be honest um even if it's you know crypto related uh but as far as you know these influential people um fighting one way or another for the space i think i think there's definite room for people to co-opt this um as an ultimately negative thing um especially you know technology companies and web2 companies and things like that um but i guess the premise of what we're trying to build, you know, is is immutable systems where um, people's incentives, kind of, regardless of whether they're thinking in a selfish sense, work out for the betterment of the system. So I think it's really just going to put to the test what we're actually trying to build. You know, I, I think speaking of like to like what we are trying to build. Like it feels so nebulous and, and feels so big. I, I feel like everybody has different reasons for wanting to participate. Do you have like kind of maybe an ideology or like a driving, you know, ethos that has, that has sustained you in this space and kind of driven what you want to do? Like, do you have like some, you know, it can be like a lofty vision or like even like naive, you know, wishes for the world <laughs> that you think this enables? Um. I, I, I wouldn't maybe go that far, but I think a driving concept for me is I, I don't like being told to do. Uh, so I don't like banks and things, you know, um, gatekeeping and saying you, you can't do this or making things really difficult. Um, and that's sort of the driving force be behind why I, I'm fundamentally bullish on this space. I think that's, you know, as, as good and, and pure and I mean, so many not wanting to be told what to do, I think is as good a goal as anyone can have. And, and I also think like the idea of, you know, can extend further. Like we are, 
increasingly told what to do and increasingly like constrained by the the tenets of our reality and the tenets of our, our governments and, and certainly by like our financial systems. Do you find like that you, you know, tend to like, I don't know, judge the motivations of others? Or do you feel like, well, any reason is as good as any reason. Like if you are here to just make money or you're here like in and out, you don't believe in vision or do you find yourself pretty much strictly gravitating towards people that have that longer term, maybe ideological view? No, I, I definitely, I definitely wouldn't judge anyone for any approach uh, unless you're like straight up grifting, you know, um, like actually stealing money from people and preying on on people. But if if you're here just to make money, I think more power to you. like you for the betterment of your family or yourself. You should be trying to make money. Um, so I definitely don't judge anyone at all for their approach. Uh, unless they're, you know, being dishonest and, and scamming people. Um, yeah. I'm maybe making a slight pivot here, but, and I'm sure this will probably come as no surprise to you, but, uh, V and I got probably more questions from the general public about to ask of you than anyone else I have thus far interviewed. Uh, many people <laughs> are very curious about you and your reputation precedes you. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's fair to say that you have some fans. Um, so to kind of, you know, draw back for like larger, you know, market or ecosystem conversations, like, you know, one of the things that we really want is to like know the anon behind the PFP, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like, you know, it, as I always include this with a caveat, like as much as you want to share or as little as you want to share is fine. But one of like the big things about your presence and the things that people ask about and, and something that I feel like very personally attached to is you seem to have like really immaculate taste in like food and drink. Like where did that kind of like <laughs> love of, of like fine dining or cocktails or mixed drinks or these like nice things, like where does that come from? Hmm. I, I, don't know the root cause of it um i i just like nice things um uh, and i like things to look good um my front end team's probably hating me for it right now but <laughs> <laughs> i i just i have aesthetics is something that really appeals to me um and it doesn't have to be hollow aesthetics you know but you know, I, I think it like stands out particularly like, you know, jokes and bear market memes aside, like it does seem like a lot of people, particularly very like young participants in our space, like kind of like eat like shit and like drink like shit or like, um, you know, very much are on like the cup of noodles train. And it seems like it, it <laughs> really broke, like distinguishes right? you. Like you post like pictures of really nice charcuterie or like really nice like cheese boards, like things like that seem to, to stand apart. And it just feels very uncommon in our in our space. Yeah, I think I'm I'm kind of on the, of the opinion that um, you should sort of treat yourself and enjoy your life. Um, so I think I think there's no shame in in you know spending money on yourself, but even consumables like food or or drinks. Um, and you know you don't need to post pretty pictures of it, but think just doing the things that you like you know i i like nice food so i want to i want to cook nice food for, for myself um and i don't think there's anything to be ashamed about that and maybe it's an age thing um i'm 237 so i've been around a little while 
So, <laughs> like, certainly, like, no shame when people are, you know, flashing, like, their Rolexes or their their brand new car, like, that the ambition, you know, the meme of, like, you know, wanting the Lambo. I, I guess on that, like, you know, material goods thing, what, a question we got that, I, like, I have never even considered, but do you, do you have, like, a, a personal, like, fashion sense? Like, what is your style like? Um... I don't. I don't really know how to pinpoint my style. To be honest, I, I definitely don't have a strong, you know, theme to my style. Um, like as far as the fashion sense, I think I'm quite diverse in that sense. Um, like I'm, I'm wearing all all black right now with a uh, Brooklyn Nets jersey over a hoodie um, and some bands. Oh, it's not comfy catgirl style? Oh. Yeah, I, oh. I mean, we did receive a, a number of requests for clarification on um, tights versus thigh highs, so I think people are going to be pretty heartbroken to hear that. that <laughs> there is no, it, I guess, you know, that's also like a differentiating point is like, you know, uh, aesthetically, I feel like many people are just like, you know, you see those those memes of people uh, posting their apartments and it's like a mattress on the floor with a camp chair and a computer. And, uh -huh. and like, I find like a real kind of like grimless, grim, grim, like joylessness to that. Like there is like this real sense of like, I don't know, like enforced austerity, like somehow depriving yourself of things mm -hmm. that make you happy or things that bring you pleasure will make you a better trader or less like attached. But I don't know. I feel like my motivations to have like, nice things in my life and, and things that make me happy are probably more of a driving factor in what I do than any like arbitrary dreams of, you know, getting a hundred million dollars. And they project that onto other people too. You know, you hear the meme of, <laughs> oh God, if the dev gets a girlfriend, we're all screwed. <laughs> I mean, I do subscribe to that. The de <laughs> lock of the devs in a room they should never oh, be like allowed to yeah. keep them as unhappy. It's like applied to the same principle though. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it, you know, getting something that potentially finding a partner that makes them happy, but that detracts from their dev worker, you know, making a hundred million dollars or... I like my devs mm -hmm. depressed and focused, you know, keeping them hungry, <laughs> keep, them in, oh, keep them sharp in a pit, you know, just a glimmer <laughs> of sunlight at the end of the tunnel. I, yeah, I think, I think people maybe see it as a sign of weakness or something. Um, but at the end of, at the end of the day, it's, you're living your life. So if you want to surround yourselves with, with things that you like, then more power to you. I think, um, I don't think there's any shame in that. I mean, on if, the subject of things you like, um, do you have a, do you have a favorite cocktail? Um, I basically just drink gin. Oh my god, um, yes. Like a, a gin and tonic. So I I post a few to Twitter. I post more in Discords, but I'm I'm a very big gin fan and, and we're very lucky to have a lot of really good gin distilleries uh down here. With so I'm I'm kind of spoiled. No docs, but I used to distill gin for a living, so I like I love gin. Gin is like one oh, of my great wow. nice. passions and I feel like anytime I make like I meet or talk to somebody who loves gin. I feel like this rush because so many people are like, gin fucking sucks because I got blackout on five o'clock gin in college <laughs> and now I hate gin. And it really does feel like one of those signifiers to me of people. I'm like, oh, you are immediately, your stock has risen exponentially in my book because you like gin, um, which I feel like, you know, is there's like a element of refinement there. I mean, and I mean, I guess, you know, gin and tonics, I do have like, if a separate cocktail, do you have like a favorite food? Oh, favorite food. I think it would be 
sushi, probably. Oh, um, dear, near and dear to my heart, sushi's mine too. <laughs> you're batting, so. you're batting oh. a thousand right oh. now. You're really crushing it. <laughs> oh, brilliant! It's just I did just my homework. Like, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Obviously, there's a huge variety in sushi, but just Japanese in general uh, make amazing food, and I love it. And it's kind of one of the only things I can't really cook. So, do you cook a lot? A Are you a big cook? I am, yeah. I've, I've recently been doing it a lot more, um, but I, I really enjoy it. I find it's really calming, and um, it's it's a really it's really comforting, especially cooking for other people. I find is it's just really heartwarming, um, and it 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 tastes better than than what you can buy. I think. I feel like the cooking probably goes hand in hand with what you post, but a, a question that we got was, do you have an activity that you really enjoy that would surprise everyone on crypto Twitter if they knew? Hmm. It's an interesting question. Um, I, I have honestly abandoned a lot of hobbies over the past couple of years uh, in, in favor of, of crypto and, and working. I, I work a lot, so I don't really find the time that much to spend on hobbies and things um i growing up i always did a lot of music so i you know dj and play guitar and drums and a little bit of piano so maybe that's something that people don't really know too much i love whenever someone says they do music can you tell us what kind of music what genre yeah so uh obviously the djing stuff um i have like a mix cloud with a with a couple of mixes on there under Miyuki, um, and that's more like house techno style, um, deep house and um, kind of melodic techno. I, I like you know, the use of harmonies and things. But then on the other end of that is my guitar playing, etc. Is all like metal, uh, quite heavy metal. So <laughs> this is the um, second metal-related guest that we've had, and both times nice. it's been an absolute surprise to me i feel, <laughs> i feel i feel like i have no yeah i mean i don't know you know not saying that everybody on cd with like an anime pfp is listening to like j-pop nightcore remixes but like the idea that it's metal like when we're talking like how heavy are are you playing that guitar how heavy is the metal um so Two bands that I that I really like, and I was, I was listening to one this morning when I went to get my coffee was uh, Meshuggah. They have an album that came out recently, a couple of months ago, which is really good. Uh, and uh, the Dillinger Escape Plan are also really good. So if anyone knows those two bands, that kind of signifies how heavy, I guess. I wonder how many of the Zoomers are into metal. I wonder like how many of them are like, that are like, what the fuck are you talking? <laughs> I feel like as an aside too, it seems like it seems like there's more of a push to get more people uh, on CT to like show more their non-CT. I mean, partially with the meme like the bear markets are down, but like you have like the crypto soup group and uh, mm -hmm. was it? I think it was Jin from Metaverse Makers. A couple folks were like, "Oh, you know, I'd love to see more CT people like post their gardens and fucking indie sharing pictures of moths." Mm -hmm. <laughs> that that was the character like, arc twist that we all needed. Yeah, which <laughs> I mean, you know, just, just like a brief tie back to the whole like, no, we need our devs and or we need we need traders like depressed and no hobbies and stuff. I mean, I think it's more reassuring to see from, especially like if you're looking at it from an outside point of view, like 
seeing people in the space, and they're not all glued to the screens looking at charts. It's like, no, these are these are people. These are actual people with a diverse set of hobbies, and crypto is something that all kind of unites us, brings us together, but it's just one subset of many things that we're all interested in. Yeah, I really like that part, personally. I think I love seeing people's passions and things they're actually interested in. Um, I, it, I, re I really like seeing that, you know, there's a few plant posters on Twitter that I really like. Um, cause I'm very much into, into plants as well. So, you know, seeing these things that humanize people and, and ground them is, is really nice. And there's nothing I love more than seeing someone enjoy something that they like, uh, whether I like it or not. So I, I encourage everyone to, to post more of that stuff, um, especially going into the bear market. I think that is something that people are probably were initially hesitant about just in interest of like, you know, trying to maintain like OPSEC and anonymity, but it has been nice to see people share more and more. And, and I think, you know, so much of that takes place in like group chats or whatever, but definitely, mm -hmm. you know, like from where I began to now, I feel so much more comfortable sharing like aspects of my life or my hobbies with people. Like a whole group chat has like full photos of like my hand tattoos because I was like, I, you know, like I have these. Over. Well, I know we had, uh, talking about like humanizing activities and stuff. We had another question. Um, but do you have a favorite, like a novel or a story or any type of like mm. in terms of reading material? Um, I don't, I don't read all that much, to be honest. I, I used to read more when I was younger. Um, and I remember, um, Hunter S. Thompson being a really great writer. Um, and I feel like he's probably, I feel like he would be a really good Twitter shit poster if he was still alive. Uh, and I would have loved to see that, to be honest. Maybe that's like a good leading question. Like if you could, well, it's funny because we just got fucking Martin Shkreli on Twitter now. But like if you could have one like celebrity interact with you on, on Twitter in a crypto setting, like who would you want it to be? Or like one writer, one famous person, one historical figure. Like if you could be in a group chat with one person in history, who would it be? <laughs> that's a really tough question. Um... If I hadn't said Hunter S. Thompson before, I probably wouldn't know an answer, but I'm going to go with Hunter S. Thompson. I feel like, I feel like his ethos and his humor would, would really fit in with, with our space. And, you know, I would definitely, definitely simp him. <laughs> I like the, I mean, I feel like Hunter S. Thompson probably had a lot of simps in his lifetime as well until they did the Hunter S. Thompson daily diet and then immediately died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. I feel like, I feel like, you know, if, if he was reincarnated, uh, he would be on Twitter right now. A hundred percent. Mew, do you have a favorite anime? Uh, I do. I think Neon Genesis. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. That's so good. Um, I, I don't know what it is exactly about it. Uh, I think it's, you know, the themes, um, which for me sort of boil down to, to loneliness and and acceptance for, yeah for me it's because um, of my relationship with my father it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, it's yeah i mean the, the most stable ava fan meme like it's just you know it it is such a, mm -hmm. a, a again like liking Jin. It, i feel like it tells me volumes about a person yeah i i love it and you know it's it's quite old now but i think it's it's you know something that everyone should watch i think you know, those final two episodes, um, 
which I know were somewhat controversial, but I, f I really enjoyed the original ending. I feel like it actually uh, discussed the, the actual themes of this, the show and, you know, any anything in the plot that wasn't wrapped up, I don't really care about. It's, Did you watch the Rebuild movies? Did you like them? I've, I have people have such no. mixed because I really liked them, but also I feel like it's because like I'm now old and I was like, oh my god, just four movies instead of having to rewatch the whole thing and it like looks updated. Yeah, I I'm hesitant because I enjoyed the original so much. I'm kind of like, well, that's that is the story in a sense. So um, I'm I'm hesitant, but I I should I should go and go and do it. Who's your favorite Ava character? Uh it's it's got to be Ray, I think. That um, is such a telling answer. <laughs> I I don't know if I just I just wanna wanna save her. I'm I'm not sure, but definitely drawn to Ray. What what is it about Ray that like so uh, appeals to you? I don't really know. Um, maybe I am just like Shinji. <laughs> so he's, he's, just, like Ray. he's just like me for real, for real, for real. Yeah, um, I, I can't pinpoint it to be honest. Yeah, I was. I mean, like, it, you know, maybe the like question most people ask is like, who do you sim for, uh, Misato? But like the idea of like who you relate to that <laughs> show, I feel like really holds up a mirror to yourself. Yeah, I, I t I'd rather not say Shinji, but I, I think <laughs> I do relate to Shinji on a personal level. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's you know, that is what it is. There's no shame in admitting that. I think we're all a little bit. Didn't you there sometimes? Mm -hmm. We just need to yeah. be told to get in the fucking robot once in a while. <laughs> I mean, I'm a, I, I do. I'm a Ryoji Kaji enjoyer, you know, because I also want to like die being a double agent for the woman I love because that seems like the best possible ending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I always like wanted. I always like to insert something here, but do you have something that? you're like working on in particular or, or something that you have in the works that you feel like really passionate about that you want to share or any like teasers for things that you've got upcoming that you think like you would want people to know about that you feel passionate about? Um, I mean, I'm definitely working on something that I'm passionate about and would love to share. Um, but even mentioning it is probably uh, too much of a giveaway. So, you know, V, I don't even um, know why you keep that question in. I, I, <laughs> Every no, fucking time I, I ask that question, I'm like, you know what, why am I saying that? I'm asking someone to just give away something they're working on. Well, but, you know, people could have, like, a side project or passion project or other other stuff they're working on, you know? It's it's going to be hit or miss. One time I'm going to ask someone that and they're going to just drop a bomb. They're going to be like, actually... Oh, yeah, they're going to be... This is the reveal. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing it on this show. I mean, I would I would love to, to be honest. I would, I would love to share it all right now. Um, but it would... It would cheapen the overall experience, I think. Well, this show yeah, is all about cheapening people's experiences. <laughs> no, not, not in that sense. It's, uh, <laughs> it's we're kind of building up to to a big uh, reveal, I guess. So a, you know, a plan and everything. So yeah, even even mentioning the what it is <laughs> would, would spoil it. Just so. Papa John style. Just watch this space and stay tuned. Stand by. Stay tuned. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite uh, like Twitter personality? Like, is there someone that you like notifications are on? You are glowing every time you see them tweet. Oh, yeah. Um, there's there's two, I think. One is, is G, uh, D-Chan Spartan, who 
I I just love the way that he thinks and the way that he writes and his his honesty, um, which is really great. And then the other person is um, Twickerdies, who is just the most hilarious and the most hilarious account and the best shit poster by far. Um, the untouchable, in my opinion. So big shout out to Twickerdies. Who do you think? Do you have someone that you think is like criminally underrated that you would want to like blow up? Yeah, I, I have two two people I think are criminally underrated. They're not like um, necessarily small accounts, but I still feel like they should easily be 10x of where they are. Um, the first one is Anon. Uh, he, he has this number. It's uh, <laughs> Anon seven five three seven four nine nine eight. The Pepe picture. The Pepe, Pepe picture. Oh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Words. It, I feel like they're uh, very, very smart, and uh, they have some really great taste. And I feel like they should definitely be be much bigger. Um, and then the other one is is Emily from from Ego, who is quite a large account, um, but they are incredibly smart and um, just a, a, a all around great person. So I definitely feel like she deserves a lot more. More praise and God damn it, V! Um, if ten thousand followers is underrated, you and I are like just I will, you know we are cooked. <laughs> <laughs> There's not even yeah. yeah. Okay, well, we just have to. I think it's, it's more of a <laughs> absolutely. It's less shattering. about the numbers. I think it's more a statement on um, the quality. I think. Yeah, quality of content and well, my con- quality yeah. of content is terrible. So now I'm even, I just my head is sinking onto the desk. Oh, I don't even. Before the next episode, account. there's a you have just a rebrand. I gotta do. I gotta do a rebrand. <laughs> I gotta do a full pivot. I gotta do some Lindy Ape style uh, uh, arcs. Oh, here's a good one. A question coming in from all of our dear friend Dr. Lawrence Day. Uh, which crypto Twitter account would people most believe was your alt if you admitted to it? Who do you think would be like, people, if you were like, this is my alt, people would be like, oh my God, of course, it makes so much sense now. Um, I guess I would say my actual alt, which is Viscantes. <laughs> I knew <laughs> um, it the whole time. See, exactly, it's, <laughs> it, folks, it happens just like that. No, uh, in all seriousness, I'm not sure. Um, that's, a, that's a really good question, Lawrence. Um, I'll give him that. He doesn't need that. He doesn't need you to get. He doesn't <laughs> need. He doesn't need you. To, yeah, be Mark. Mark said we got to delete a compliment to Lawrence. It's not getting out for free. It's the platinum jubilee. The British have enough. Don't post or record something else. Yeah, like, it's just dub it, dub it over. Yeah, in like a clearly different voice. Like that's actually a terrible <laughs> question, Lawrence. Uh, <laughs> there actually, I mean, that kind of leads into like an interesting question that I think is maybe was probably like a shit post question, but I think actually has something like, you know, why, why do you choose to remain anonymous? You know, like why, you know, why did you choose to, to, to be an anonymous figure? I guess that question applies to all of us and we probably all have our reasons, but. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Like I'm not uh super super concerned about doxing um to, to people that i like uh obviously i'm voice doxing right now and doxing the fact that i'm not actually a cat girl but <gasps> what? I, yeah I the, the cat the girl girl. count just drops precipitously it's gone I, yeah <laughs> <laughs> just, you just watch the numbers check um, out 
but as far as a big inspiration for my account, it was it was Alice, uh, Alice yeah. Comfy. Um, they uh, there was an immediate. I was drawn to their account immediately, and they were one of the first people that I followed when making the Miyuki account. Um, there was just something about the way they portrayed themselves and um, the anonym- anonymity surrounding that 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 was really appealing. Can't really pinpoint the exact reasons, but it. I think you know, going back to what we we're talking about earlier, it just allowed me to portray these parts of myself without any kind of fear or shame, or you know, someone in my real life reading it and getting the wrong idea or, or something like that. You know, it's funny. I think I actually someone cited Alice as an inspiration before, and and I do think there is like a kind of this. You know, for me, honestly, it was like indie was a big inspiration when I was making my account, just because I'm like, I, you know, saw a very prescient take and then saw immediate like femboy pornography, and I was like, that must feel so nice to just get to <laughs> just get to be yourself in that way, or get to like not have that that fear of, of any type of self censorship. Yeah, I I love indie, and I would I would probably put them in also in the underrated category. Um, I very, I think very highly and very fondly of, of Indigo. Yeah, I mean, the last question here that we had on our on our list was a question from Indy that just says, uh, "Will Will you date me?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know the answer to that, Indy. I've been waiting and waiting. Oh, oh, will. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I think where were like, these questions asked, by the way? Uh, a shadowy group chat that will. Remain nameless. Oh. Remain nameless. Interesting. Yes. One of the many, many shadowy group chats that exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess on that note, you know, I always just like to extend genuine thanks. You know, it's not always easy. You know, not just voice doxing, but you know, having a bit of a spotlight put on yourself and and sharing, you know, personal details about yourself and your story. So we're very grateful. Speaking on behalf of me and B, I never want it's this is our first episode co hosting, so it's weird to have to move to the uh plural term for us. Um, but yeah, it, we just we really appreciate you coming on and, and being so like open and, and candid and for sharing your extremely soothing voice. I feel like this might be our most like comfy ASMR episode yet. <laughs> oh, well, I thank you for inviting me on. Um, it not gonna lie it was a little a little nerve-wracking but it it was a really fun conversation and um i really appreciate it Mm. having the spotlight on me is not something that i'm used to um even even in text form so uh in voice form it's even more daunting but you guys are really great so i i really enjoyed it i mean to our listeners please don't take please retweet this one and please put the spotlight on me okay we gotta get those numbers up so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, thank you again, though, for coming on. And uh, do you have a just as a, any any final thoughts, last words, anything you want to share, or any uh, any wise words of wisdom to give to folks? Oh, I don't know about wise words. I, that's probably out of my out of my purview. But I would just say, you know, be nice to people. Um, it it goes a long way, and I, I think just be nice and be genuine and. Don't be afraid to reach out to people. And with that sentiment in mind, our usual plug here, if you have a story that you want to share, there's nothing too 
small or innocuous. There's nothing that is not interesting. We want to hear everyone's stories out there. So if you feel like you want to step into the spotlight like Miu has today, we, please reach out to us. Please get in touch and, and please share because you have two very attentive listeners here and whole dozens of theoretically attentive listeners at home. Dozens of us. <laughs> Dozens. <laughs> All right. On that note, Miu, thank you again. V, thank you. It's a pleasure as always. And we will be back next week on Sunday with a brand new episode. Uh, if you are so inclined, please like, share, subscribe, uh, leave a review for us on your podcast application or platform of choice because it helps us out a lot. And we will see you next time. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks again, Miu, for coming. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone. I love you. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> you too. <laughs>